Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode 62. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me in For Fox Sake HQ, it is Rob Hayes once again. Hello Pete, how are you? I am fine, how are you? you Yeah, yeah, good thank you. I've seen that your phone's been going mental with new followers recently. Yes, there's been plenty of new followers Is this because you'd hidden yourself in the Leicester team bus in Dubai and filmed Danny Drinkwater celebrating his birthday? No, that wasn't me, although there was lots of people asking about whether we should, uh, can we use the uh, the video of Danny Drinkwater celebrating. You've now is... disappointed me. Well, yeah, but yeah, I didn't go to Dubai. I mean, I've been to many places, but not been to Dubai. That's not one I don't follow the team that much. You're the person who goes to watch pre-season friendlies abroad in Sweden. That was against Barcelona in Stockholm. It was great. How about Barcelona the other day? I know it's nothing to do with Leicester, or it might be in the next round, but that game was... Uh, well, to be honest, a lot of people have gone mad about the game, saying it was the best game ever. No, it was a brilliant last five or six minutes. Yeah. The actual game was, was very poor. But anyway, um, welcome to For Fox Sake. There's plenty of new listeners, actually, so we'll just uh, have a bit of a recap. This is episode 62. We've been going for quite a while. Um, myself, Pete, uh, which is me, and you, Rob, that's that, you. That's me. That's yeah. you. We are... Uh, Commentators at Leicester City, uh, we commentate audio description for uh, people who are partially sighted uh, at Leicester, basically, and we have the privilege of sitting at the King Power Stadium commentating on all the games, and then you do it for a job as well, don't you? I do, it is my full-time living, I'm an event manager at Alan March Sport Limited, who are the parent company of this podcast. Get that in quick. Name drop that one in for the boss. Hello, uh, Alan, hello. Hello, Alan, he's a Forest fan, so we won't pay him too much attention. Oh yeah, that, no, that's it, that's uh, all the credit. That's yeah, it. so we do sports Events provide commentators, hosts, announcers, PA equipment, uh, sports presentation, videography, all the all the above. everything to do with talking about sport. We do Excellent. so I do that full time, yeah. and and I am a broadcaster with Labrooks. So if you walk into a Labrooks, you'll hear me talking over the airwaves mainly about horse racing and of course football as well. So you know we're in the world of sport, and of course lifelong City fans. And uh, again, this podcast really is. You know, produced by us because we just want to sit and talk about Leicester. All the views are our own, and obviously, from the position at the club, i.e., we are in the in the commentary box at the King Power, we do get a lot of access, which is brilliant. So we just want to give a bit of an insight into what we can do and, and what we see, basically, on a match day basis. Sometimes I'm there, most of the time, actually. You're there some of the time, Rob. Although, to be honest, you've been there more times than I have in the last few weeks, including, and this is going on to the Hall of Game. Um, you should be a professional <laughs> broadcaster. <laughs> Including the 3-1 victory against Hull. Yeah. So at the time of recording, obviously, we are in the middle of a bit of a gap between games. We will be building up to Seville later on. But uh, Hull City. Now, when Leicester went 1-0 down, um, I was watching... um, at work on a uh, completely illegal stream, but never mind. Completely legal. Yes, that's right. That's Legal. Legal stream. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Um, And uh, so I watched the game. And Leicester basically dominated for the first half an hour, and yet they scored on their pretty much only attack in that period. 
Good goal as well, but Leicester really came out the gates flying like a greyhound. Yeah, well, they were buoyed by the result against Liverpool, weren't they, on Monday? And I know it finished, both games finished 3 1, but they were two uh, different levels of performance, I think. Leicester started well against Hull, like you say, but it, there wasn't. It wasn't as good a performance as it was against Liverpool, but it didn't really have to be because Hull were... uh, They weren't awful, but they weren't particularly effective. They were the Hull that you expected. They were a team who are fighting relegation, who you look through their lineup and you go, hang on, even if they play really well to their maximum level, we're still in with a very good chance of winning this game because of just the, the standard of their players. Yeah, and they're, but they're trying to get themselves out of the relegation zone by playing passing football, which I'm not hugely convinced will work. No, but it has worked so far for him because he's come in, their new manager, and uh, and well, He's got more wonders. points than Mike Phelan, but I think most managers could have got more points than Mike Phelan. But Leicester dominated the game early on. Um, a few good chances not taken, but then when they went behind, um, I think, for me, the most pleasing aspect was, A, the reaction of the crowd. Um, oh, they, they got, yeah, the, the raw straight away was amazing. Yeah, as in, like, don't worry, lads. Um, I mean, the That's most... what it was like last season. It but, was, yes. But this season, it's been, oh, we're a goal down. That is literally end of game. Yes, exactly. As soon as that first goal goes in, remember the game against Man United, yep. or the game against Chelsea. Um, I know we're talking about two big teams there at home, but as soon as that goal goes in, um, Swansea as well, probably throw that one into the mix. As soon as the first goal goes in against Leicester, then that's it. It's game over. This time, that response, like you said, the first thing I thought of was the games last season uh, towards the end of the season when we did concede. Uh, you're talking about maybe the West Brom game. Um, and it's basically the players, they must have had that slight, oh dear, that 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 bit of oh, a oh no here there. we go again still have been in the back of the mind weren't it? exactly because it was only one game we're only talking about the Liverpool game that where they had that good performance and win so it wouldn't have been probably not even in the back of their mind it would have been in the forefront and well, I think that big roar from the crowd must have settled a lot of nerves and yeah. then Leicester went out and they got the equaliser a great goal for Christian Fuchs and the interchange and play with him and Vardy, who arguably was man of the match, Jamie Vardy, even yeah. though he didn't get on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he, he was the the Jamie Vardy of old. I know we've said that the, the Leicester performances in the last couple of games have been akin to last season, but Vardy looks sharper. He looks... He, he was basically almost physically sick after the last couple of games. That's right. He had to sit down and do interviews in the tunnel yeah. after Liverpool yeah. because he couldn't stand. He was so... Well, knackered, really, to be honest. He, he he couldn't stand up. But a great goal, lovely interchange between those two. Fuchs had a good game, actually. He's he's come in for some criticism, but deserve criticism. Yeah, on yeah. this oh, podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. But it got to the stage with Christian Fuchs where players can go through a slumping form. They can not play well for a few games, but because we know the sort of player he is, i.e., how he's playing right now. His drop in form was alarming, along with many of the other players, which I'm sure we'll come on to again. But, um, but yes. you could always expect at least a solid six and a half, seven out of ten every yes. week from Fuchs, couldn't you? Yes, I mean, the only player really to keep that up was someone like, say, Danny Simpson on the other side, yeah. who, who's kept that form going. But yes, another really good performance, very comfortable on the ball. And that's where I think with Christian Fuchs, you can see the confidence. Yes, he is a defender, uh, first of all, but um, I think you can see the confidence going through him when he likes to bring the ball out. And, and play a good uh, few balls forward. But for me, you would not have seen Christian Fuchs getting forward over the halfway line under Ranieri. I am not saying for the first first thing that 
that would be um, a bad thing that he doesn't go over the halfway line. That's how we shut the game down towards the end of the season last year after Christmas. We decided that the two fullbacks were just going to sit and be fullbacks and not venture forward. On Danny Simpson's side of things, that's his game anyway. You know, he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> like to go. Don't over want him line. going forward. Do you? No, he gets a nosebleed in the opposition half, but. Um, Christian Fuchs can do that and we've seen him play a lovely couple of through balls in the past um, I remember in the goal against Manchester United at home when Vardy broke the record a yeah. lovely through ball there and uh, and and once again, this showed his attacking side of the game, his confidence on the ball, his awareness, his vision. He's obviously a good footballer and Leicester go in 1-1 and what was your vibes at half-time? I thought there was no way that we were going to lose the game. Uh, I was hoping that we'd come out with uh, the same sort of impetus. Vim and vigor. The the what? Vim and vigor. Vim. Yeah. Is that a word? Well, it's kind of like the the, the impetus, the uh, go on, get in there, the uh, okay, up and at the, them. the vim and vigor that we did of the first half. I was I was hoping to see that in the second half, and 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 we saw it, and we got the result. Yes, the second goal uh, was. <laughs> You'd say classic Mares. Uh, I think it was. I think I counted one more than uh, a lot of people because it, it went to his left foot, then his right, then back onto his left. Which then that was the signal for a lot of the defenders then to dive in. Yeah. Because that was the that was going to be the shot. He didn't. He then went switch back to his right. So the player behind the first defender went right. I've got this covered. Back onto his left. Back onto his right. There's no way he's going to shoot now because he's on his right foot. Shoots, scores. Goalkeeper may be made a bit of a hash at he, it. But yeah, Jakubovic didn't fill me with much confidence. No, no. He, he looks decidedly dicey when compared, obviously, to Schmeichel at the other end of the yeah. field. But um, no, a, a lovely goal by Mahrez, who still is, is, is the one player in the first 11 that's been chosen for the last two games who probably is lacking the most amount of confidence but uh, that he's, goal he's fully a confidence player as well isn't oh, he oh he is but um, uh, hopefully that goal will, will boys he was about to come off you know yes he was about to be substituted and as soon as he scored he kind of looked over to the bench because he he looked over he knew that he was coming off mm. and he looked over to the bench and all of a sudden he wasn't coming off anymore it was it was almost like right this i've got the ball i've got the ball i'm going to do as much as i can to get a shot off here and it's it, it's that sort of effort where if you're talking about like a local level or maybe a Five aside, where if someone tries to do it, pass the ball, just pass it. Look, you, you give it, yeah, give it. your ball hog. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Give it, but no. If if, if Mares wants to do that, let him do well, it. We thought, all know what he can do. He thought it was going to be his last involvement in the game, exactly. But my my question to you is: Should right. it take that kind of um, motivation, if you like, to get him to to perform that well in the, in that short little glimpse? Should it take that much to drag out the ability that we know that he has? Should he be... Uh, how can we get him doing that from minute one? No, I, I don't think uh, you can put motivation down to the poor performance or the lack of confidence. I think Mares suffered along with the rest of the team and has to take a lot of blame as well as many of the other players for the big slump in form. Now we're on a bit of a winning streak, two on two, and we're playing well, and there's confidence running through the side. Just because Mares hasn't had the same upturn in form as lots of other players, in fact, possibly all the other players, um, 
that's not, I don't think, down to motivation. No, I, th- I, mean, I, I think he's no, I mean, genuinely... And I mean the fact that he was about to be brought off, sort of inspired, let's say inspired rather than motivated, that particular little passage of play. Oh, well, no, that, that's, doing, yeah. that switched him up and lifted him up another level. How do we get him to start at that level rather than being fading in and out of games? Well, that's easy. What you do is you put Demario Gray on the sideline, ready to come on for the whole first half. <laughs> just get him warming but, up on, yeah. on Marez's <laughs> side and just go, yeah. Oi, Riyad. Flashing on the um, flashing on the uh, on the on the electronic board, uh, <laughs> number twenty six. You know, all the time you're gonna you're gonna be substituted any time. Do you say, look, Riyad? Every one of the other ten players has lifted their game to somewhere near they got last season. You haven't. Bench him. He did it against Norwich, didn't he, Ranieri, last season? And everyone was like, why is Rio Maris starting on the bench against Norwich? I, 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 I disagree. For me... What... I'm, saying, I'm saying do you. Oh, I'm right. saying you do. Oh, right. I, I don't. For me, what I would do is keep him in the team. And I think the natural... Um, the way that Leicester are playing and the upturn in form, if it does continue, it will then carry on to Mares. So the way Leicester are playing, if they're playing well and they're all very confident, and it's quick, fast-flowing football, I think that will help Mares, and he will get involved in it and naturally lift his own game. Um, I, that's that's generally what I would think with Mares. And uh, put it this way, if the team are playing well and scoring goals and winning games, then I would still have Rio Mares in the team ahead of Gray. I know a lot of people out there want Gray in the team, but for me, I still think he's a really good impact sub. And when he has started, he's not performed as well as he has off the bench. Now, in time, he'll obviously be a player. He's worked very well down the left-hand side a couple of times this season when he's played with Chilwell uh, in games. I think I mean, Crystal Palace, possibly at home, West Ham maybe as well. Um, so there's definitely talent there, but you, I would still play Mares definitely. Um, and then the third goal, yes, it got a little bit, a little bit uh, tight towards the end. There was mm. a, a few chances in the last few minutes, last 10 minutes especially for Hull. But... Um, and then we sealed the game with the own goal, uh, which a few people wanted Ndidi to claim, but uh, no, it went down as a... <laughs> no. no, not at all. It was going near the corner flag than the goal. But uh, another 3-1 win, and it lifted Leicester outside of the relegation zone, or further away from the relegation zone, should I say. And uh, yes, and, and it just shows you what two wins can do, and it just shows you what's a... Um, how short-term football is from being in the week down- is a long time in football. A week is as a long the old time. Cliche that goes. Is, that is a cliche. That that's right up there with a game in two halves and <laughs> or a game in two halves and uh, all sorts of six or one half does another. And, and um, anyway, yes, it is. And two wins. The club's flying. Uh, they've gone away to Dubai, or they're now back at the time of recording. Um, now, obviously, there was a big clamour for Shakespeare to get the job after the game. We put out a a, a Twitter message at FFS Pod saying, you know, retweet if you would like Shakespeare to get the job. This was immediately after the game and it was our biggest retweet ever. The most amount of people got in contact. So it shows you the clamour of support. There's been Mercury um, polls and where 90%, 95% saying give the job to Shakespeare. And this is all under the guise of the end of the season. Yeah. And then I don't think stop. anybody's looking further forward. Not at all. I don't all. think there's any need to at this stage. Not at all. I mean, as as we speak, I don't think anyone's looking further forward than Tuesday. Than Tuesday night, but, no. um, Which we'll come on to in a minute. But uh, the clamour for Shakespeare. Now, my uh, understanding is that he's having talks today and those talks are going to be basically, look, Here's the job to the end of the season. Shakespeare obviously wants um, a few um, things put into that contract, maybe a little bit more money, understandably so. I, yeah, and, I, I've heard from a from a source oh, close to the club. A, a, a Rob Hayes that, source. That now, that uh, which, well, we haven't got a jingle for for our source, but uh, go ahead. Rob Hayes, 
your undercover source. So this is at the street corner with a cap on and a big yeah, uh, like trench an, coat. Like an informant. He lives yeah. in a safe house and everything. Does no, he? Does he, what, does he like? Do you have to meet on like a park bench and you sit down? You have to give a password. Do you have to say like there is snow on the ground at this time in Moscow? No. And then he 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 then can tell you the uh, just to confirm that's who you are. No. Is there a secret handshake along the lines of Deli Ali and Harry Kane? No. No. He just occasionally tells me stuff that... Is it? Is it? Now I've got more. Is it a phone box goes off at a certain time and then it will tell you the message and then it will self-destruct in five seconds? That's the one. That's the one. I knew it. You I got knew it. There. You one, got it was one of the three. It was always one of the three. Uh, anyway. All right. This, uh, yeah, suggests that this has taken a little bit longer than it might have needed to because Mr. Shakespeare is asking for more cash. Yes, but just, that's just as you as you said. As that. I said, I was just trying to confirm oh, that right. your theory has been has been semi-confirmed by another source. That's fine, you know. I I deal with the uh, the horse racing world quite a lot, so like I've heard this, I've heard that. Someone yeah. at the stable says this. Um, so can I'm, you blame I'm well him? No, because if if he keeps Leicester up. He's, oh, not at all. He's done. He, he deserves a bonus. I think also, especially for coming in at short notice and steadying the ship, etc. If it was me, and this is purely off the top of my head, which again, if you're new to for Fox's sake, then we just don't prepare. We just sit down and talk. Um, for me, if it, if I was Craig Shakespeare, I would, yes, I'd want a bit of a wage increase. Also, I'd want maybe a, a little bonus to say, you know, if we do avoid relegation, look, I've done the job that you've employed me to do so. Well, we were saying we'd give millions of pounds to Gus Hiddink as a bonus, wouldn't we? So why doesn't Craig Shakespeare deserve it? Absolutely correct. And also, what I would like in my contract as Craig Shakespeare is I would like a guaranteed formal interview for the job next year no matter what you know would you also write it in that you still have a job at the club next season regardless of who the manager is again there's there's many you know um, if he likes to be that much, if he's happy with his family here he's happy at the club happy in his role as assistant maybe to whoever comes in does he want? Would you want reassurances that you'd still have a job should you want it? Very true. I mean, we've said before in the previous podcast, my fear for Shakespeare is that if he does well in the job, Leicester stay up, finish, you know, 14th, 13th, whatever, um, then when he goes for his interview, or let's just say Leicester then bring in, off the top of my head, Mancini next year. Now it's going to be very difficult for then Craig Shakespeare to drop down into the assistant role once again. If they decide to bring in a manager in the like of a Ranieri, who just comes in by himself, I know he had one or two people, but he comes in pretty much by himself just to oversee things and be the head of things and maybe give Shakespeare, I would say, more of a role. But then again, this is the guy who was the England assistant manager. I th- I think he's he has that role already. I think he's in a bit of a catch-22 situation. If he does well at Leicester and he doesn't get the job, I don't think he can still be here because you don't drop back down to being assistants but he will have only after having been, a top job. He will have only been top job for 13 games. Also, you've got to think that other clubs will be looking at Shakespeare and going, hang on, if he's done well in the next, in the next you know, 12, 13 games, we want him as a manager. So if a big club in the championship come in for him and say, look, come and manage our club, you know, a, a big club, maybe who've got a bit of money, up top of me, let's say Norwich. If Norwich come in and say, look, here's the job if you want it, it's going to be very difficult for him to say no. Mm. Yeah. 
So it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. But they they went to Dubai, and uh, yes, it was Danny Drinkwater's birthday, and there was a video that we. Uh, if you've not seen it, go to at FFS Pod on Twitter or onto Facebook. Just type in for Fox sake onto Facebook, and you can see the group. Just click like, and you can see the updates that we put on there and all the previous episodes. And um and yeah, there's a video, and they've all got these uh, kind of sparkly things and it's his birthday a nice they've all got these sparkly things well, they're, little, they're grown men well they've got firework type things well, they're, they're a big restaurant but the one thing I want to say about this before we move on to Seville the last point on this is look at that video but watch it a couple of times and you see and I'll and I'll start a rant in a minute I'll bear with me you see him get up yes there was a bit of a cheeky punch by uh, by Jamie Vardy next to him but Afterwards, what does he do? He shakes the hand of the owner, and Vichai's there. He's there. Now they're both there. Yeah, the, 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 the owner and his son are there. All the players are there, and they're celebrating. They've all had a few beers, by the looks of things. You can see lots of bottles of beer. They're all having a good time. You tell me that that is an owner who doesn't care about the club, who's scrupulous and mad and crazy, like there are owners out there. Doesn't understand Does, football. Doesn't understand football. Money making decisions. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. You know that. 30 second clip of which he is part of it for three seconds it shows you everything really that you know what they are you know what the owners are They're fantastic the way that they've they, they've basically been for the last seven years and the thing is they're involved but they're not too involved exactly they're, they're, they're involved, involved in the right areas they're, they're involved, involved in the right things yes but they don't meddle with actual footballing stuff someone rang up at Radio Leicester and said oh all these owners there I think they're meddling in the in the team selection Nonsense. Like, well, where, where have you got that ba- based on? Where, People, where is just, where are you making this up from? And it, and it's obviously the club's gone through a, a very rocky period, and on the back of a couple of wins, they've gone to Dubai uh, for a bit of team bonding. So what needs to happen? The owners be there as well and help celebrate a birthday. Well, the owners weren't paid for it, so they're well within their rights to be it, there. But it, it just it just shows you, and it, it basically rubs it in the nose of a lot of people out there who who have spoke a lot of nonsense about the club. Okay, so if I say the words Martin Keown to you, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Ugly bloke who played for Leicester at the end of his career. Yeah, uh, you know, basically looks like a chimp, He's got big ears. Um, also, Craig Shakespeare is out of order, says former Leicester City defender Martin Keown on match of the day for wanting the job. It doesn't sit right with him. Well, I'm sorry if it doesn't sit right with him. I went for a curry the other day and that didn't sit right with me, but I don't go off about it. But... Um, <laughs> You'd, what a stupid thing to say on on the biggest football show of all. Now I've heard a lot of rubbish over the last like couple of weeks. About Most Leicester. of it from yourself. Most of it from myself, yes. Um, but uh, you, you got people like Chris Sutton trying to make a name for himself by using snake spear. Uh, what? Yeah, but dreadful. But he's trying to make a name for himself. Chris uh, Sutton changed his phrase. mind and changed his opinion every ten seconds. Exactly. But this is on match of the day. Um, how is he out of order? I thought Gary Lineker handled it, handled it quite well because he just shot him down straight away by saying, yes, but he was there under Pearson. So he's not been brought in by Ranieri. So he's not kind of stabbed his Nor is Shakespeare bo- stabbing anybody. Shakespeare's not the one that got sacked. Ranieri is. Shakespeare was asked to do a job for one game, the Liverpool game. He said, yeah, did the job. Then he was like, oh, can you carry on to Hull? Yeah, did the job. Now he's in conversation to potentially carry on to the end of the season. Exactly. At no point has he pulled out his little dagger and stabbed that Italian gentlemen in the back. Yeah, a crazy thing to say and the guys on Soccer Saturday as well who are watching the recording of 
and and I, I do like them all. You know, a lot of people don't like uh, Paul Merson. Yes, he talks a bit of nonsense, but you know, he's quite entertaining in places. Charlie Nichols, also um, Phil Thompson, Matt Tissier, and that. But they were talking nonsense, and they were the ones who were saying about the club, saying what a dreadful job it is, and what a, a, a almost. A, a, a poor club to go to. No one would touch it with a barge pole. Get what? Lost. A, a, I'm sorry, but a rich club. Yep. Profitable club. Yep. A club that's going places in terms of expanding the ground. Yep. Full house. The crowd who are fully behind or well known to be one of the most loyal and loud set of fans, which we've already talked about after conceding the first goal to Hull. Owners who have stood by managers in the past to get us out of trouble. Um, they've also shown a lot of support in terms of transfer fees and also such as things like trips to Dubai, rewarding the whole development of the squad as well, uh, exactly. of, the, of, the, of the club, the, the academy, the sports science, everything. I know Leicester have just employed 10 new members of staff. Yeah, they are in, in those kind of areas. Exactly. Uh, they're inside the top 20 world's richest clubs uh, and they are the reigning Premier League champions with a squad of very good players. What is there not like not to like? And also and, and, and the main thing, the main point about the club, a set of supporters who don't demand success. They demand a team that tries and. What a what a club to go to, you know. If you went to an Arsenal, you need to be winning leagues and all sorts to get on the good side. When you come to Leicester, yes, we want a bit of success, but we want a stable club in the Premier League first of all. That's of what we, we want. That's all we wanted after the end of last season, even though we'd won the Premier League. Nobody was out to defend the title. You get to play teams like Stoke and that, who are mid table, who start to moan that they are mid table. That's fine. That's their own prerogative. But we want that mid table. We want to then go for cup competitions. But we want to be in the Premier League every year. Hence the reason. That Ranieri has, unfortunately, been dismissed. You know, it was sad at the time. But that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. It's a very quick thing to say about Leicester. Oh, it's a club in turmoil. The owners don't know what they're doing. But uh, no, a lot of nonsense being spoken about Leicester. But hopefully it will all be good things spoken about Leicester on Tuesday nights. They play Seville. Oh, I can't wait. I've... I really, really, really can't wait. Now, Rob Hayes, is this game the biggest game in Leicester's history? 133 years. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I was thinking about it on the way to for Fox 8 It's the biggest HQ. competition we've ever played in. Yes. And it's the most, it's the furthest we've ever, we've ever been in the biggest club competition in the world. A crazy competition this year. Look at Arsenal being thrashed by Bayern Munich, the game with Barcelona. It's uh, It just shows you what an incredible competition the Champions League uh, is. And we are in it and we are right in it. If you were Seville watching the games against Liverpool and Hull... Oh, you are not going to be very happy to travel to Leicester, are you? Not at all. Now, don't get me wrong. They're a very good team. Steven and Zonzi, who we try to sign a very good midfielder who's just got better and better since he's and, been there. And Didi will have him in his back pocket. Exactly right. But um, it's going to be a very difficult game. I, I just think the, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Yeah, um, I've I've bequeathed my place in the commentary box. I've sur- I've surrendered it. Oh, right. So you're not there then? Well, I am going. <laughs> of course I'm going. Yes, I know. You're always a fan. Yeah. You know, because of work and the service that we provide at Leicester, etc., uh, this will. I've only been to. Well, the last competitive game I went to as a fan was a Leicester Shrewsbury. At home, this is. At home, a few oh, years right. ago. Well, oh my word. Well, I cannot remember the last time I went to the King Power and sat in a, a fan seat. And that's that's no way, you know, that's just because of the job we do. And I, I can go to more games than you just because of, you know, work and this, that, and the other. Um, 
I can't remember. That's a good question. Obviously, go to away. I went to Millwall as we. If you want to hear about that, listen to the last episode. But um, yeah, I'll go to as many away games as I can. But uh, yeah, that's oh, cracking. When was the last time I went as a fan at the King Power? I mean, I go as a fan every week, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's completely different. I'm going to be in the cop, immersed in all the atmosphere. It's my girlfriend's first ever live Leicester game. I've treated her. Right, well, she better be bloody she's lucky. A, she's, a Bert, she's a Burton Albion fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, what a game to look forward to. Now, we could preview the game saying about Seville, but we know what they're like. We know um, how good a team they are because we, we saw them in the first game. We were very lucky, I think, to get away with a 2-1 um, there. Unbelievably we, lucky. We had a Kasper Schmeichel was unbelievably good as well. Exactly. We had a good seven minutes, really. And, um, and of course, it proved to be Ranieri's last game. It's... Um, it's on a knife edge. A 1-0 victory will take Leicester three on away goals. We're not going to win it 1-0 though, let's be no. honest. That would be far too easy. But how would you approach the game in terms of games that we've just previously played? What Would you change the formation? Would you no. change the approach? No. So I'm thinking, because basically we started against Hull, very similar to how we started against Liverpool. Yeah. We went hunting impacts for the ball. We yeah. pressed very high at the field. Would you say, look, just go. Go for it. Yeah, biggest game in the club's history. Why sit and wait and try and keep things tight? I if, completely agree. If we agree. beat Sevilla 3-1, we're through. And also... I th- like, like we did Hull and Liverpool. I think they should maybe take a leaf out of the books of clubs who have been playing in Champions League recently. The game against with Barcelona and PSG. Uh, the way that Bayern Munich uh, dismantled Arsenal. Dortmund, who are one goal uh, deficit and into a 4-0 win. You know, these teams went for it. They didn't sit back and hold on. Um, look at the game in Naples, Napoli against uh, Real Madrid. An amazing game. It was 3-1 down, Napoli. Similar position to us. Obviously, we're 2-1. But they went for it in that first half. They <clears throat> they really did. And they were very unlucky, really, to get caught late on with the two headers from Sergio Ramos. But it was... Um, that's what I want Leicester to do. If they do go out, they want to fall on their own sword. You know yep. what I mean? They yep. want to go out. Not going out with one. a whimper. No, no, not at all. Same team? Yeah, exactly the same team. Same bench, same everything. Excellent. But well, I, I completely agree. Because, of course, you have on the bench the likes of Joe and Soleimani, um, Gray as well. So you can throw caution to the wind later. It's going to be very difficult. But uh, what a game to look forward to. The players obviously have been drilled regarding the game because they've had plenty of time off. But in that time off, hmm. Seville have played. And they've not been doing too well. They're not the greatest travellers in the world. I really hope it's cold and wet. Just to make really? it even worse for him. Well, it's going to be a long day anyway because it's the first day of Cheltenham as well. So, my God, um, it's going to be a very long you'll day. You'll be having fun. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I presume look- you'll be broadcasting on the breakfast show and then coming back up for the Leicester game. I, I Yes. Basically, my plan at the moment is to fin- uh, when I leave work at about five past twelve, I'll then drive back from Milton Keynes. I'll probably just get back in time for the champion hurdle. I'll have to leave before the mayor's hurdle to get over to Leicester. Um, and then obviously by the time I get back, it's going to be nearer midnight and then back on air first thing in the morning down in Milton Keynes. So It will all be worth it because you you'll, you'll go on air Wednesday morning with Leicester in the oh, Champions League quarterfinals. Oh, imagine. Imagine. I mean, it's it's such a big game and hopefully... Everyone's just, and they will do. I think the build-up in the city, I think the the, the excitement around the county is just going to build and build and build from this weekend. I think purely for the fact that we don't have a game as well. Mm. I think that's going to even increase the excitement. Uh, Now, 
obviously from the commentary box, uh, we'll be trying to bring you actually views from uh, the commentary position before the game at half-time and then after the game, which of course will be on the next episode of For Fox 8. But one thing just to finish the episode off... Um, because we've got plenty of new listeners, which is great, uh, there's a number of ways you can listen to for fuck's sake. Now, the best way I feel is through iTunes. So if you've got a, an iPhone, for example, you've got your uh, podcast app and on iTunes, we are on there. You've got SoundCloud as well, we're on there. Uh, you can go on to our Twitter page, obviously, at FFSPod. Go to Facebook. Just type in for Fox 8 Podcast and you can find us on there. Click like and again you can listen to previous episodes. And now I am delighted to say that on YouTube, our YouTube channel is now live. So basically you can listen to all previous episodes, starting from about number 10 I think. So you can listen to the glory of last season if you want. And uh, that's right up to date as well. I think... um, our colleague Mark Perkins actually was uh, he took a nice picture of him listening to episode 61 on, on with his U- little for fox sake mug exactly on YouTube so uh, yes that's all on YouTube now so and this episode will be uploaded on Saturday morning uh, and that's about it really anything you want to send to us you can do via email for fox sake podcast at gmail.com or you can get in contact via social media in the ways that we've just mentioned anything at all any questions any I'll tell you what any criticism of us why not? Oh, now, don't read that. Don't don't let me don't let it go to me. Don't let me you know get to all like uh, big headed about things. But we don't actually get any criticism. Good. For, so for this week, because it is obviously all leading up to Seville, um, and everything's rosy in the garden with these two last victories, send some criticism. Oh, don't. I don't know. I want. I want people. What do you want? I'll get a complex. Yeah, but what do you want from the podcast? Do I'm you want to delete to... them before you see no, them? No, but in the people inbox. might want. They want what. Yeah, but speak in, in more detail about who we're playing. Uh, talk about every single player and their performance from the game that you saw at the weekend. So how did they... Which we do, you know, every now and again. But, uh, you know, w- what do you want from the podcast? Do you want us to do this, that or the other? Uh, speak more about this. What are your thoughts on the financial, FFP, that we've failed? Um, <laughs> which, which is a very interesting point, actually, the, um, the FFP we've financial fair play mm. I mean Leicester they're in that catch that weird situation where our sponsors on our shirts are the owners of the club so they basically say look we would normally get X amount of money per year but we don't because we've put our own company on so we're going to offset the deficit with that that's in a very rough term what's happened in a very straightforward way yeah but that's roughly what's happened and also the infrastructure they've provided at the club as well they've spent which apparently you can offset from um, losses as well and this is of course is, is the season we got promoted they know about. what they're doing I think it was like um, plus the money that you get for being in the Premier League no 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 this was the uh, the year that we got promoted so it was um, I think it was like 8 million you could lose and we lost like 16 yeah, million what's the fine because the fine, well, the fine's going to be less than the money you make from being in the Premier League. That's the chance that a lot of clubs are taking. Possibly, it? yeah. But uh, still, it's 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 interesting, and obviously that's in the background of things, which I know supporters don't really need to worry about. But uh, but there we go. Anyway, that's it for for Fox Sake episode sixty two. Hopefully, next time we speak to you, we'll be in the quarterfinals of the Champions. Imagine of the Champions League. Imagine. Bring on Barca. <laughs>